Hey, church. Welcome to day seven of our Holy Week podcast. This is Jessica Havlin, and today we're going to be talking about the crucifixion. And while, yes, we do know that it's Saturday and the crucifixion did occur on a Friday, we're going to be diving deep into that today. We're going to be reading from Mark 15, and this is the crucifixion story. Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and the scribes and the whole council, the Sanhedrin Jewish High Court, immediately consulted together and they bound Jesus. They took him away violently and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? And he replied to him, it is as you say. The chief priests began accusing him of many things. Then Pilate again asked him, have you no answer to give? See how many charges they're bringing against you. But Jesus gave no further answer, so Pilate was perplexed. Now at the Passover feast, Pilate used to set free for them any one prisoner whom they requested. The man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists, revolutionaries, who had committed murder in the civil rebellion. The crowd came up and began asking Pilate to do as he usually did for them, and Pilate answered them, saying, "'Do you want me to set free for you the king of the Jews?' For he was aware that the chief priests had turned Jesus over to him because of envy and resentment. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to get him to release Barabbas for them instead. Again, Pilate answered, Then what shall I do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? They screamed back, Crucify him! But Pilate asked them, Why? What has he done that is evil? But they screamed all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, set Barabbas free for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to his soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together the entire Roman battalion of 600 soldiers. They dressed him up in a ranking Roman officer's robe of purple, and after twisting together a crown of thorns, they placed it on him. And they began saluting and mocking him. Hail, King of the Jews. They kept beating him on the head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing in mock homage to him. After they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out of the city to crucify him. They forced into service a passerby coming in from the countryside, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Then they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated, place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh to dole the pain, but he would not take it. And they crucified him and divided up his clothes among themselves, casting lots for them to see who should take what. It was the third hour, 9 a.m., when they crucified him. The inscription of the accusation against him had been written above him, the King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, he was counted with the transgressors. Those who were passing by were insulting him with abusive and insolent language, wagging their heads as a sign of contempt and saying, Ha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in only three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were ridiculing and mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others from death. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe and trust in him. Those who were crucified him were also insulting him. When the sixth hour, noon, came, darkness covered the whole land until the ninth hour, 3 p.m. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Labek Sautani, which is translated, My God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me, deserting me, and leaving me helpless and abandoned? Some of the bystanders heard him and said, Look, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink, saying, Let us see whether Elijah is coming and take him down. But Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed out his last voluntarily, sovereignly, dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's plan. And the veil of the holy of holies of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, being fully in control, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Now, some women also were watching from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of John, James the, the Younger, and Jesus. When Jesus was in Galilee, they used to accompany him and minister to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had already come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea came, and a prominent and respected member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, and he courageously dared to go in before Pilate and ask for the body of Jesus. Pilate, wondering if he was dead by this time, only six hours after being crucified, and he summoned the centurion and asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that Jesus was in fact dead, he gave the body to Joseph by granting him permission to remove it. So Joseph purchased a fine linen cloth for wrapping the body. And after taking Jesus down from the cross, he wrapped him in the linen cloth and placed him in a tomb, which had been cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a large wheel-shaped stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were carefully watching to see where he was laid. What strikes out to me in verse 37, it says, voluntarily, sovereignly dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's plan. At that moment when, when Jesus was crucified, he was, he was not the son of God. I mean, he was still the son of God. It's not like he had changed his identity and become someone different. He still had complete authority over that whole situation. He could have called legions of angels to, to his aid. And it's still, still at that moment, he chose to go through this persecution so that we could be with him, could be with the Father, could be no longer separated by sin that, that we choose to do ourselves. And that just, that, that really gets to me that he, he being in complete control, it says he voluntarily, sovereignly dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his Father's plan. You know, maturity is revealed in our suffering. And when I look at the suffering of Jesus and I see how he suffered well, how even to death, he was obedient to the will of his Father, that should call us to boldness. That should bring us to a maturity that we can have reverence for the Lord and his suffering, and that would be our standard. Church, pray with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you gave your son to die on the cross. Lord, that you didn't leave us in the sin state that we were in, Lord, but you made it so that we could be together in heaven, that we together could be made free, made clean, along with you, Father. This was such a great sacrifice, such a great price that was paid. And we thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us to our sinful state. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you, Father, for this, this tremendous gift. Amen.